You're listening to The Hired Swords, a free Dungeons & Dragons podcast, though guacamole is extra. Hey everybody, this is Mike, your DM for The Hired Swords, and we are going to have a very special episode or in between episodes kind of episode, a, a special bonus feature behind the scenes where I'm talking to our players about the campaign up till the most recent episode uh, that you listen to. And so uh, I'm going to uh, say hello real quick to Blaze. Hi, Blaze. Hi, it me, Blaze. It me, the Blaze. And uh, Ash. Hello, Ash. Hello. This is hello. Me. And Mikey. Mikey's here. Hey, it's me. And last, but certainly not least, but he's further in the past because of his time, his time zone is, uh, what's your name? Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm, um, what's your name? Derek. I couldn't get okay. Davin out of my head. I just wanted to say Davin. I, we're synonymous at this point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all of you a little bit. So I just want to ask you guys some questions about our somewhere around 20 to 21 hours of gameplay thus far. I mean, I think we've probably spent more like 40 or 50 hours together doing these sessions, but yeah, we take a lot of bathroom breaks. <laughs> no, that's me. That's my fault. Uh, I have to drink a lot. I choose. I only choose voices that sound like this. So I'm drinking water all the time. Uh, no, but I, uh, I just want to kind of unpack kind of our play style, how we play, what we, you know, what we like about Dungeons and Dragons, and then just this adventure as a whole, what we've, gotten out of it and what we've enjoyed and what we think might be coming in the future. I mean, I know, but uh, what you guys think <laughs> might be coming uh, that way, if it's better than what I have planned, I can change it. So um, I want to start by, I'm going to ask all of you, but uh, we'll let you guys just fight over who answers first uh, to just kind of share your Dungeons and Dragons experience up bef- up until you started playing the hired swords. Have you done much playing DMing? What do you, what do you, what's your experience with Dungeons and Dragons? All right, roll initiative. Yeah, hey, that, we should have done that. I got a natural 20, not even lying. Uh, <laughs> I got a 11. I need a picture in the Discord. All right, so it's it's me, Mikey, then... Me. Oh, wait, no, I'm last. Derek and... Or yeah, Ash and Derek. Okay, so... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, for Dun- me... Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, honestly, I've only been playing it for less than half a year. I got into a campaign with Mikey... Uh, he DMs for me and another group, um, not to give his story away, but uh, I just, I, the whole 2020 being butts and being inside and all the other stuff, having the interaction has been fantastic. And it's really easy to do that uh, with good friends and a fun tabletop RPG. So Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, I can't say it for some reason today, uh, was my my outlet. Awesome. So you're saying a Wolverjack has your tongue? Yes. <laughs> Wolverjack. All right. What's wrong? Wolverjack got your this tongue? Guy. <laughs> this guy. This guy. This guy. What a real him. animal that is. <laughs> All right, Mikey. All right, now, uh, yeah, Mikey's turn. You got what's your action? Oh, uh, I definitely drink. No. Uh, so yes. So I, I think uh, I've had a couple of uh, instances. Um, with Blaze or Drux, um, 
or Kriggs, whatever we want to call him in the, the time. Um, I've been D- DMing for a, a, a little bit now for Curse of, uh, Curse of Strahd campaign. Um, previous to that, I, I, I've made a lot of characters that had one to two sessions of uh, doing nothing and then everybody disbanding, which is, uh, which is why I decided that I was just going to DM myself. And it's like, I, I know I'm always going to be available, especially during 2020, because uh, as previously said, it was, uh, uh, it's uh, kind of butts. Uh, um, but uh, other than that, I, uh, I've just been trying to get my group past trying to murder, su- you know, super random things and uh, setting things on fire. <laughs> nice. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Ash, <laughs> so, I believe you were next. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I've i been playing for about five-ish years, on and off. Um, the veteran husband, of the group. Yeah. <laughs> Long-time player, first-time role player. Uh, <laughs> I This is the first group uh, that I've joined that actually was really into role-playing, and even though it might have been a couple of these guys' t- first times role-playing, uh, it's really fun. Uh, we my husband does campaigns. Thanks, Bradley, for getting me involved in this. Uh, when he did campaigns, I started with Pathfinder. Um, for those out there who have played it, it was really hard for me to learn it at first. <laughs> it's called Mathfinder like, for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and most of the time I just played rogues because I thought they were the easiest. <laughs> but uh, I've started to play more Spellcaster, and um, it's been fun. My experience was very limited at first. I never... I've heard about D and I was like, oh, it's just nerd stuff. I'm not into nerd things, but here I am today, <laughs> playing D and D, and it's the coolest I've ever done. And yeah, it's, it's been fun. Derek, um, I've been playing for a little over three years now. I would say um, I first got into it a little bit before that because uh, Critical Role, as most people have, um, I just was surfing through YouTube one day and I said, "Hey, that's Ashley Johnson. I know who that is," and I watched it. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. So I watched the whole thing and then I backed up and I watched the entire first critical role season and the second one. I was like, I got to do this. And I had a friend at work who was into it when he was younger. He's an older guy now. And uh, he said, I was going to put a group together. So some friends from back on the East coast, we've been playing online. I've actually never played in person, but for about three years, I've been in that, uh, that campaign with them. And then of course I've joined this one uh, in between those. I did DM a group, another curse of Strahd, just like Mikey here. Um, a very different version of Chris Estrade. His is a lot more fire. Mine was a lot more death, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's interesting how one campaign can be completely different from another, even when you're running the same thing. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, something I've been interested in for a long time. And now this is probably the best group I've ever played with. Like you said, the the RP in this group makes it so much more fun than just playing just a regular game, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, I think you said uh, you said that uh, y- you can run a campaign, the same campaign with different groups, and it's just so different. And I think that's what makes Dungeons and Dragons so cool is that you know every set, every group, and every session is just you never know what it's going to be like. And uh, I think we've kind of hit a jackpot here with these guys. At least um, I've I've been lucky. I started DMing twenty eighteen, I think. So I guess that's two years ago, and. I did a whole one year campaign with pretty much the same group of guys and we went all the way to the end and then they wanted to continue and then guys started moving away and stuff. And I still play with those guys every other week. And, uh, those that can join me, we play online. There's a guy in California now, a guy in Florida, one's in New York. So we just jump in and play when we can. Um, 
So that's an interesting campaign because it's like, you know, hey, uh, who, what players are actually going to be in the adventure today? So I have to always mix it up. But anyway, uh, and I've only ever played, I played for like three month chunk of playing every week with my, my Goliath wizard, Norlin. And uh, he was, he's wonderful. I want to play with him again sometime. I moved away and he doesn't want to DM online. So I don't have, we've been trying for three years to put together one where I DM for you and eventually someday, maybe it'll happen. It'll happen. I want to, I want to play, I want to play, but uh, I really like playing a wizard and, and, uh, and I'll say I I got into it as well because of critical role. And then I started absorbing every Dungeons and Dragons podcast and video, you know, series I could find. Uh, It's basically all I care about except for, you know, work and family and, and, you know, that sort of stuff. (laughs) So, um, I don't, I don't do anything else, sports or anything. I don't care. So anyway, uh, it's just going to take a bonus action here yeah, and say, I was the odd man out where critical role wasn't my shtick. I was a adventure zone listener with the Mackle boys. (laughs) Yeah. If you're listening, will you be my friend? I know. Right. (laughs) All of you be my friend. (laughs) And here's my thing is I never, I didn't want to listen to them because I steal so much for my games. And I was like, man, I, I try really hard not to get into stuff that my players are into because I don't want to steal something that is so blatantly obvious what it is to them. Mm-hmm. But the McElroys are too funny and I'm they're more silly and I'm not a silly DM that much, as you could tell. So uh, I let the players do the silly stuff. Uh, well, on on that one, I, I have to do a reaction to, to that okay. one. I, I actually... I, I didn't I didn't watch Crit Roll until after I, I started DMing. So um, I got into the idea or even learned about it from my my brother who who told me this. Uh, I, I think it was Palladiums is what he played. And uh, he told me about their HP pools being somewhere in like the 20,000 range. And he told me about this absolutely nonsensical like he and his you know, uh, bros were just sitting in, uh, uh, you know, their living room and then there was a pizza and then they, the pizza, they opened the box and it had this crystal in it. And then Jimmy or my brother grabbed it and his arm started turning into a crystal and he had to run into the sewers after this, this pizza dude on a bicycle. And it was like, I want to play this. This sounds fantastic. (laughs) It sounds like a bad drug trip to me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Probably. I mean, no, definitely not. <laughs> I remember when um, my husband Bradley, he was getting, he was like, do you know what, what all goes into D&D? And I was like, nope. <laughs> and uh, he sat myself and a few friends down. And he goes, I want you guys to watch this and see what you think. And it was Penny Arcade. I don't know if any of you guys watched them. Absolutely. I love, oh I loved their, were, uh, their stuff. Good. Yeah. I thought they were hilarious. And it was one of the main reasons why I wanted to play like rogues in a sense, because I liked playing those care. Char- I can't say it. Crit. Char- crit heavy. Charismatic. <laughs> I was way off. It only took a thousand tries. Um, That's okay. Your inner Gwen's coming up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, because like I wanted to be that person. I wanted to be able to role play. And most of our friends like, they love D&D, but they love the combat action of it. And I'm always that person, or I used to be, I'm going to be like, I'm going to talk our way out of this and not fight. And everyone's like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because of Penny Arcade, and I I like them a lot. And that's one of the reasons why whenever I want to DM, I want to make sure I get the right players, because I love the idea of using social interactions to get out of situations. Because combat is fun, 
but I think combat is fun in like small amounts. Like this group has been perfect for that. We've had just enough combat to like feed that side while we've got plenty of like the RP to try and figure out everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I tune out when I'm listening to a podcast and they're in combat, I start to tune out, but I tune right in during the role play and the dramatic, you know, conversations. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, I, uh, I'll want to move on to a little more specific about our, our little campaign, what we've got going on. Uh, so when we, before we got started and we'll stay in the same initiative order for all these questions. Uh, when, when I first got, when we first got started, I sent you guys like a, like a whole player, new player, um, rundown of what the, what everything's going to be like a one sheet kind of thing. Oh man, and is this going to be a test? Some of the rules. No, I need to get no, my notes. It's not, it's not at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's hey. just, I just was, I just sent that and I kind of had a breakdown of the world and where you're going to be. And you started making your characters and stuff. And we started talking about that. I just want to know kind of what you sort of expected. If you can even really put it, like if you can really think about what, what did you kind of expect getting started and what was what was different about this campaign than what you expected uh, jumping in from the beginning? Uh, so, man, that's a tough one. I kind of expected, because it's not really fair for me to answer this as much, because you and I, with the preparation, like it was it was kind of our, True. our, um, our baby, baby putting this together. Right. And you and I go uh, pretty far back. We, yeah. We've known each other quite a while. <laughs> I'd say. So... <laughs> It's we're we're, we're cousins, like ba- basically brothers. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's been ever made clear on the podcast or not. No, no, this is first time. First time, long time. <laughs> <Sorry>. Anyway, <laughs> I kind of had an idea of what to expect, and I didn't really like delve too much into that whenever asking the guys if they wanted to be a part of it. Um, but honestly, since getting into it, and my my perception of it really changed with the, I believe, third episode, whenever we fought the Great Elk, uh, and just, like, the remorse my character felt, Kriggs, and, like, that remorse of, like, okay, this world isn't as happy-go-lucky as I thought it was going to be. And I actually, like, I really liked that turning point, even though it was kind of, like, a a sadder moment for him and whatnot. Uh, I definitely like... I like that aspect of it, how it, 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 it wasn't what I thought it was going to be in that moment. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from, from my end, you know, I, I, I get, you know, a, a call from, from blaze saying, Hey, I have this idea, my cousin and I, and then we're going to record your voice. And I'm like, that's terrible. You shouldn't do that, but fine. I'll join it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then we, you know, I, I started, started my character and I, I wrote him out in this like happy go lucky. He's going to be this, like, he, he's going to, he's going to make some stupid jokes and be kind of like a nuisance. And then it just didn't turn out. We, we started getting into it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know. We're just going. And then I had, uh, I had no idea how you, how you DM. So, uh, and I right. didn't really know how to uh, how to play it like I, um, from from that perspective, like every time I was like, OK, so we we made it two weeks in. We'll probably people will dip next week or next. No, OK, well, we're still going. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess this is uh this is here serious. we are. Boy, you like, really got tainted from those first yeah, yeah. Years. <laughs> and here we are like session eight or nine or something and yeah, yeah. yeah this last about a week, it's fine. What is going yeah, on? <laughs> you're like so, the poor dog whose owners used to beat him and now you're just afraid <laughs> of everybody. Just waiting uh, for the yeah, waiting yeah. for the, the fist to drop. I, I I have books from second edition if that's make that that makes you feel any any better, like leather bound books. Oh, the first so, group I played with started in first edition. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. It is yeah. such a different game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, wait a minute, I, wait a minute. A long rest gets you one health point? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I, I don't have quite <laughs> I don't quite have have that heart for uh first edition, but you know, I, I, I wanted to play. Um yeah, no, absolutely. Like I I just uh, it's it's interesting how I thought I was going to be. And then as as we've, you know, killed and you know the the great elk and 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 watched a couple of other events unfold it's just uh i i've become almost a completely different person than what i like i thought i was going to nice wild hill has changed you yeah exactly (laughs) ash what about you um (laughs) so my experience like joining in on the whole podcast thing so i've talked to blaze about I so McRoy Brothers, I love you. <laughs> I think you guys do great work. Um, I would talk to Blaze about it, and I saw Blaze post on Facebook about doing a D and D podcast. And I immediately messaged him at work the next day, and I was like, "I want to be in this podcast. <laughs> Please put me in it." I was very demanding. It felt like because um, I was. He's like, "Well, we'll you guys will try a few people," and I was like, "Okay." And then I did the little questionnaire thing, and I was like. He better put me in this podcast. I'm so ready to go. <laughs> so excited. Um, but I, I, I'm glad I, I pushed myself to do it because at that time I was very like quarantine had happened and like I and our D&D sessions here at, with our friends weren't happening because of scheduling conflicts. And I was like, I love D&D and I need to push myself to like put myself out there more and try new things and Luckily, Blaze was like, yeah, you, you should join it. And I was like, oh, my God. I was almost broken down in tears because I was very excited to finally, like, create a character with this big, lengthy background. And how I wanted a player was to be just like me, basically. Like, everything you hear about Gwen, how scatterbrained she is, how, like, she talks. Like, that's literally me. And it's the first time that I felt like I've put myself into a character. And it's been great. I, I didn't know what to expect DM-wise because um, to the audience, I didn't know any of these guys besides Blaze. And so I was like, are they going to like me? Are they going to think I'm awkward? <laughs> are they going to think I'm too pushy? And yes, yes, and yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Kidding. All those things. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. I feel like I've gained a lot of friends doing this podcast. And yeah, I feel the same way. It's been really yeah, cool. Uh, it's been great. I, I can agree. I, I wasn't too sure how... Uh, how everybody was going to be. And I was like, well, I'll, uh, I'll get kicked out within a certain amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) No, we've all clicked together really well. Yes. I was very amazed by it, to be honest. Like you can hear my laughs in the first couple episodes where I do like a little awkward laugh after everything. Part of that's me being awkward. Part of that's me being me. Like (laughs) I get very excited to do random spells. I just, I've grown to be comfortable around you guys now. It's awesome. It's nice. Oh, Derek, what about you, bud? Uh, for me, this is going almost exactly how I thought it was going to go. Wow. Those, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really, well, 
I've, I've known Michael D and Mike a long time. And uh, we've actually went on a, like a yearly lunch thing. Every time he would come in town, uh, I live in Las Vegas. He would come out here for CES and we would talk about D and D every single time. And we'd always talk about putting a group together. So I had a pretty good idea of what kind of game he would run uh, just based off of what I knew about him. And I've known you for what now? 15 years, 20 years, almost 20. Almost, That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't be allowed to say 20 years. I know, for anything. I'm not old enough to have known someone <laughs> 20 years. Am I? Yeah. Oh, we are getting old. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I was, wasn't surprised really about the type of game. I was kind of surprised at how well we all got along right off the bat because I knew you and I knew blaze. Uh, I didn't know Ash or Mikey. So that was like a, a weird thing to just have us all just jump in and, and feel like we've known each other for a long time right off the bat. Yeah. And it was cool. I would say if anything about the campaign itself that kind of uh, surprised me about being different was um, judging by the um, the handout that you gave us in the beginning, I thought um, it seemed like there was a lot of conflict between the gods that hasn't really come up at all in the game. And maybe it will later on, but so far that really hasn't been much of a mention. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of funny because Blaze asked me about you, Derek, and I think I, I'm the first one to mention it to you uh, to do the show. And he's mm-hmm. like, what do you think about Derek? And I was like, holy crap, that's a great idea. Because <laughs> I, because like you said, we talked about it already and I've been like, oh man, he'd be great for it. So I'm glad. Blaze, I'm surprised you it. even thought about me. We haven't spoken before this in what, 10 years. I'll never forget you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so true. Get oh, a room. So sweet. <laughs> uh, I did not expect role play to be this good uh, as a DM. The best, my favorite thing is to just set something up and then sit here and shut up for 20 minutes while you guys just go, go, go. And so uh, as we're recording this, the Wolverjack episode just released and which I think will be forever, at least for us, will be forever known as the Wolverjack episode. (laughs) Uh, And, and, you know, that whole moment is a great example of me just being like, and and this is why, well, okay, I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but it's a great example of me wanting to have some of these little slow moments in our adventure to give you guys space to create something that, you know, it seems like you guys are just really good at creating, whether it's Gwen doing something with Dale or Kriggs trying to chop down a tree with a hammer or Davin trying to, you know, uh, trying to just get to know people and asking good questions and bringing people's back. Sneak. Or, or just sneak yeah. off and do something weird or or jocks are sneaking off to make his brews or you guys talk. I mean, all, all these things that just happen and come out and uh, that doesn't happen if, you know, if I skip travel for say or skip camping or whatever. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking, do the listeners want to hear the that little stuff? And then I'm like, well, yeah, because that's when the fun, like memorable stuff happens. Literally, I got a text message from a friend of mine this week that said, Wolverjack with a qu- big question. <laughs> And I'm like, see that he's a, just a guy listening. He doesn't even know anything about D and D except for what he's heard from our podcast. And he just, lo- you know, it, it, he's like, I can't wait till next, you know, next Wednesday because I want to hear what's next. And uh, I think that's a, just a cool thing. Uh, and then you know, a lot of that is because you guys are creating all of this relationship and this story. And that I didn't know, uh, I, I the, the campaigns I've run in the past, I've been really lucky because I've had guys who are committed, guys who play their characters well and they do a good job. I've only had minimal conflict in my groups, and uh, but I haven't had a group that just free flows and yes ands. You know, if you've spent any time in improv or theater, just just goes on the role play as long as you know as long as they can. And sometimes I even have to jump in and go, you know, all right, so you're gonna take a rest now, right? <laughs> and just get the ball rolling. You know, you guys are such 
So I'm curious, does anybody here actually have any acting or uh, improv experience? I do. Okay. Um, uh, if you count high school theater, yeah. Sure, yeah. count it. I do. <laughs> Blaze, I've never I been Blaze in does. theater ever. Yeah, Blaze grew up. <laughs> Blaze grew up in theater. So did I. Yeah. I did sound um, tech. I wasn't really acting. <laughs> yeah, I was always on the tech side of things. Yeah. So so from uh from high school, done a, I don't know, was it a double honor thespian or whatever? And then I did some community theater. So nothing like super oh. special. Cool. From you sing, Mikey. I I have sang yes, nice. um, and so but uh, uh, there there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, musical theater on my my uh, res <laughs> resume. Well, make your next character a bard, and then it'll work out just. There you go. Well, <laughs> I was about yeah. to say, can there be a night where Joxer just sings for uh, a good like oh, twelve it could minutes? <laughs> have a have a Joxer sea shanty. Yeah, just a musical I'll, uh, number. I'll try. It'll be a, a full four uh, one hour session of just the uh, <laughs> the the Joxer story. Joxer like karaoke, it, the musical. Joxer yeah. the musical. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into a little bit specific about the campaign for the next little bit. Uh, just specific things. First off is Wild Hill in itself. This is partly just my dungeon master curiosity. What uh, stands out to you? What or who has stood out to you in Wild Hill or about Wild Hill? Is there anything in particular that you've uh, kind of taken as something that's kind of the most interesting thing to your character or to you as a player about Wild Hill, Blaze? You start us again. I I love Tomba because I know who it's based after. Come with me, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. L- literally a person from our our childhood i know who that character is dedicated after it's you fantastic. knew a gnome yes i did actually um <laughs> no it's it's the voice is perfect perfect he was, uh, he was. He was a, a short little hispanic guy at a mexican restaurant in carlsbad new mexico and he would yep. tap you on the head with a menu when you're if you're a little kid coming to the restaurant he'd tap you on the head and say Follow me, please, and take you to your seat. It was amazing. He was the best. <laughs> that was his exact voice. Mm-hmm. Like that's a perfect. Did you guys talk about this, or did you just pick it no, up and you realized? I pulled it out, and then I asked Blaze the next after that first session if he knew who it was, and he was like, "Yes, I know who that yep. is." <laughs> uh, I've been hit in the head with a menu a couple times, so uh, I love Tomba. He's great. Uh, Francine, great character, great story. I've fully enjoyed the arc of Francine Einhorn so far, uh, and then. I have kind of a kinship with uh, the armor bearer as Craig's being, you know, dwarven. They have that little, that bond. It's kind of fun. Uh, And the whole back and forth where so far she's the only one that has any idea, potentially anything about me is fantastic. And uh, obviously Tolliver. I love the whole session. Yeah, where we just get one. blown apart by Tolliver. Fantastic. We'll get into that one. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, that was Mikey next, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, uh, it's it's been interesting to actually see these characters like un- unveil themselves. And then uh, um, Mel, Mel, I think the, the whole drinking scene was was kind of an amusing moment for me just because um I, I felt like you weren't 100% prepared, but you you just kind of rose to that um, occasion. 
and uh, Mel. Mel, Mel will be either my new buddy or uh, or we will be enemies. Yeah. Whenever, whenever we get there. Um, and then it's been interesting, like for for Joxer, because he he's battling this this uh, this uh, like life where he he doesn't want to be a spoiled brat, and so whenever he sees people hurting, he gets really like upset and wants to wants to to help and so whenever we walked in for uh um when when vip was missing like that was just my like first instinct for uh well i don't know about anybody else but i'm here and i will help you go get yourselves fixed up here's some money nice yeah 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 <laughs> yeah you did didn't you like go get your armor fixed here i'll pay for it yeah yeah I'll, I'll do full disclosure on the drinking game. I have I've done a drinking game a couple times with other with my other group, and uh, we we kind of found the dice system that worked okay for it. So that's kind of where I was kind of so, ready if in case it ever happened. You know, <laughs> for some reason D and D always goes into drinking games. Yeah, it's it's not un it's not uncommon. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was a it worked out really fun though, and I didn't fudge any dice rolls, and and it just I just love how the dice often do that where. Things just turn out in the most hilarious or entertaining or just story driven way. Just just letting the dice help you tell the story. It's so fun. But, yeah, I was I was so stressed out that like I was just going to pass out and vomit on everybody's like. You yeah. Know, and, you know, that could have been just as good and just as funny as yeah. meeting him. But, <laughs> but him and you ending up having to like meeting up with Soraya and then being like, hey, he's. Yeah, he, he may be not ready to go and she's all mad and stormed off. I'm like, that was so perfect. That was great. Yeah, it was so great. Uh, awesome. Uh, uh, Gwyn or Gwyn, Ash, Gwyn, whatever. <laughs> what about you? Ash, same person. Uh, for me, I think the most, like the characters that Gwyn kind of attached herself to, or at least in her mind, uh, was Edie, Maris, and Vip because... Marius and Vip were the first elves that she had seen in a long time. Like she grew up on the countryside. Um, and so to her, they were like, kin she never had basically. And I think that's why she really got mad when Edie and Marius left because one also working on Francine's case, who when also me also finds like very interesting. Um, it's just very hard. She's not good at letting go. So like she has her friends like the party, um, but she was hoping that Marius and Edie would stick around. And the fact that they left like really hurt Gwen. <laughs> yeah, sure. But uh, sure. Francine is very, is a very good character that Gwen feels very like relatable to in a sense. Cause obviously she's trying to find her dad and yeah, like Gwen's Gwen's father has passed or at least that's what she's been told. But, she feels like he's still alive. So nice. Yeah. The funny thing about Vip and Edie and Marias is they were there to help you learn about how things work in Wild Hill. And that was basically the whole plan from the beginning. Full disclosure, DM screen down. Yep. And you just and had it, to go kill The connection was too good that I was like, okay, we got to keep these guys going. That's how, yeah, that's how Dungeon Master does it sometimes. <laughs> you know, you're just like, okay, there's a good connection here. We got to play play in this space for a while <laughs> yep he was just there to give you directions and next thing you know he's there in every episode yeah yeah <laughs> i got story after story from other campaigns of that being the case it just tends to always happen um was there any more ash or was that no i and i liked tolliver um i thought 
that night was a very good night for session recording because that's when things, sorry, something got caught in my throat. Um, that's when things like started to get mysterious. And as a person who likes spooky things, I was very into it. <laughs> I was very excited. I think we can all agree that there was kind of like a tipping point to a different level. You know, it got brought up to a different level at that point, both with our role playing and with just the story, you know, exactly. Like it felt like, yeah, we were doing a great job and then Tolliver happened and I was like, all right, this is legit. Like I'm in it to win it. Like (laughs) this is going to be a good story. Just got real. Yeah. For me, a lot of it is just the slow burn that has happened through the entire thing with Wild Hill. It's a. you know, it's when we came here, it was just a small town where they just go out and they hunt for things and, you know, they hire people to go hunt. Okay. There's nothing to it. But as we go along, whether it's just in our imaginations, a story that we're making up ourselves or whether it's actually a thing that we haven't uncovered yet, you know, it seems like there's a lot more to not only every aspect of it, but every NPC that we've run into as well. You know, it's the widow Tolliver. There's, there's more to her than just being some fortune teller. You know, yeah. there's the, the chief. We know that there's something, there's got to be something going on with him. Even with uh, like Soraya, who early on uh, I had a lot of contact with, and she seemed like, oh, she just goes and does these things. Well, now she's kind of coming off as she knows a little bit more than she was putting on. Um, So that's one thing that I've liked is the fact that the more that we play, the more that we're in this town, the more that we kind of discover things that are happening, um, which is interesting. And Soraya is especially one of those characters for, for Davin because he's had a lot of interactions with her now, and they've all been kind of completely different interactions, you know, one where he's trying to get information from her, one where he's trying to just like hide his identity from her. And, and it's been kind of an interesting uh, contact so far. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I've enjoyed the slow burn too. And uh, I like the little stories with underlying story continuing to be told as you go. And I think that's a, you guys are uh, doing a good job of, of digging into things and then going, you know what though? I think if we just move on and we just go do this thing, we're going to uncover more. We just need to keep moving. And that, that makes for a lot of fun and, uh, and I, makes it fun I for also, a DM. I don't know if anybody else has done this, but listening back through the podcast, I feel like there's other things that we've missed that we, if we could have dug a little bit deeper. Oh, yes. Oh yeah. That, yes. Many a that time. I was like, oh, <laughs> listening back through is like, I almost feel like I'm getting clues the second time around from the DM about certain things that I missed the first time. I don't know if you want to admit to any of that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, my strategy is to lay breadcrumbs everywhere. I mean, I'm like dumping buckets of breadcrumbs. So, uh, well, if, I only found one. <laughs> yeah. If you guys are going to find them and, and I'm not going to reveal anything till I'm ready. You know, now th- there'll come a point where you're, you could force my hand probably, and that'll be great. Uh, but you know, there's there are things going on that your, your characters are going to uncover and discover. And some of you will care. Some of you may not, but it, it'll be whatever. But then, uh, you know, as you've seen with widow Tolliver, there's stuff going on with each of you individually. That is a whole new, a whole nother piece of the story, right? That you each got something going on. That's going to have to be uncovered. And maybe it'll all happen at the same time as this wild hill thing. Maybe not. I don't know. We got to keep playing to find out, but. And that's one of my favorite parts so far about this campaign is in the other ones that I have played, people have created backstories. Some people do, some people don't, but they rarely have much to do with the story. In my perfect scenario, it's a mix between the DM story and the player stories all kind of intertwining. And that seems to be what's going on so far. Yeah, that's what I'm tr- That's what I'm aiming at. You know, uh, I, I don't want to center it all around your guys' 
stories because if we uh, if we kind of solve what you guys have going on then game over <laughs> but uh you know there's and 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 here's kind of behind the dm screen again my whole approach is you guys exist in a world that is alive and re- living and things are happening and when we play you have a choice to inter- engage in this world in whatever way you want what you don't engage with is still going to go on as if it would have if you didn't engage with it and so you know things are happening in wild hill while you're gone and I, I know what those things are, right? So, you know, this this is all moving and 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 things are things are happening and some of it has to do with you guys and your your characters and their lives and some of it doesn't. Some of it will never be discussed, but my brain's never not thinking about <laughs> what's happening, you know, in this little ant farm sandbox that I've created. Uh so that that's kind of my approach is and that's why like there's five, six jobs for you to take. Ch- choose one. And the other guys are going to take their jobs and they're going to come back from hunts with whatever's going on uh, from from their hunts, you know. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, that kind of creates this fun ebb and flow between your stories and then the story of the town. The, the town, it, I'll tell you this, my, one of my favorite movies is Rocky, the first one. And the thing I like about that movie is the city of Philadelphia is a character in the movie. And to me. And that's kind of how I do, uh, that's how I do Dungeons and Dragons. The place you're in is as much a character as you guys are and all the NPCs are. And so it's all moving together. So anyway, I got in the weeds there a little bit, but, uh, one more question here that I will ask you. Um, well, the, the first thing that happened in our game for me, that made me go, oh crap, this is going to be awesome, is when that elk almost killed Davin in one hit. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I want to know yeah. what went through your minds when that happened. First real combat of the game, and that happened first first round. What were your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to use my held action to go first, because yeah. <laughs> I feel this is about me. Yeah, it is. True. Um, I wasn't too worried about it, because I do know that Gwyn does have healing capabilities just as a meta situation. And I know how D&D works where, I mean, it would have dropped me to zero hit points and I have three death saves. I wasn't expecting to necessarily die in that situation. But at the same time, um, it's always kind of um, jarring when you get hit one time, especially with a nat 20 with on your first time getting hit by anything in the game uh, and then almost going down. I think I had four hit points after that. I was like, oh, okay, I am really squishy. <laughs> like, I know sorcerers don't have a lot of uh, survivability, but I'm going to have to play it real safe in this game because otherwise I'm going to have to come up with a new character really fast. <laughs> yeah, anybody else? <laughs> I think, oh man, it it was like, it was our first session and it was still me getting used to to getting in the head of Craig's. Um, but in that moment, I think it was kind of a defining moment for me and how Kriggs would feel in that moment is, uh, very protective and that it is kind of a paladin trait, I guess. I've not really played protective characters, I guess, even though I've played like a warlock, he is kind of protective and in, in weird ways. Anyway, um, it was a defining moment for Krieg's personality because in my in my backstory and things that have yet to be revealed, uh, he is kind of just a, a big hearted 
little little man. Um, so to see Davin, who he barely knows at this point, literally just met him like a day or two prior, um, but on this adventure that he's currently in, like to see someone get so demolished. No offense. Uh, yeah, that wasn't even the great elk. I don't think. I think that was just no, one of the regular ones. Just yeah. a little boy. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's my thought. Was. I was ready for that big elk to wreck you guys. And then when that little one did it, I was like, oh no, I made a completely out of balance combat for the first session on a <laughs> oh, podcast. No, I killed him. And then no one could hit it but me. That was hilarious. TPK oh, incoming. <laughs> and uh, I was like, we're going to have to start all over. But no, it, it turned out okay. Yeah, it was it was definitely a defining moment for, for the character. Um, just having that that trait of his come out. That, that sort of need to no, you're not going to do this. And that's, it's not in his character to want to fight like elk or something that he would consider like a defenseless creature necessarily. Or, I mean, it's just not, that's not him, but to see, to see Davin almost die, uh, flipped his switch of like, Nope, not today. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I I don't know for for Joxer. I mean, he he didn't he didn't go to the ceremony. He he didn't he didn't really care about any of this. He had his own purpose. But then having like a you know I'll I'll say a, a newfound buddy you know or you know some somewhat of a buddy uh, just get just to to repeat demolish next to him. I think that whole battle just just destroyed that whole uh, architecture that I had. Of being that you know happy go lucky, I I'm gonna be free and and Joe just just kind of shackled him to like nope I care about things you need to not die all of you need to stop and uh, I'm I'm just gonna drink and try to punch things. <laughs> so Juxar's had a couple of those moments then of the yeah. whole. Will you guys please stop dying around me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Juxar's seen that a couple times. Uh, it's 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 uh yeah. I I almost went all the way. I I was I was just uh, like one one roll away from just chasing after the goblins and leaving you guys behind. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, the that part was interesting. Go ahead, Gwen. Sorry. Oh no. Um. So when Davin got hit, <laughs> I was completely blown away. I was like, oh my god, we're all just going to die. This is how, like Joxer said, this is only going to be a week and then we'll be done. Because <laughs> that happened and I was like, oh, well, we're all just going to die. Um, but also, like being a druid, like listening back to those episodes. <laughs> and I talked to this over with my husband because he was like, why did you fight this elk? And I was like, well... It was our first combat, so I was ready to play. <laughs> and also, Davin had gotten hurt to where he just barely had any health, so it made like Gwendolyn want to fight. But she did feel bad afterwards because this was obviously a sacred creature, and being playing a druid is kind of hard sometimes. Because in real life, Ash is like a meat eater and very much humane towards animals in a sense of. When it comes to mass production or whatever, and playing a druid, I feel like you have to be more with nature to a certain extent. And I play a druid in my other campaign, and it is a weird juxtaposition between uh, trying to play a druid true and trying to actually not die from the beasts 
that you would normally not kill that are killing you, you know? Exactly. Like, do it, do I kill this animal because it's hurting my friends or do I kill this, don't kill this animal because I am a druid and nature is sacred and we shouldn't harm. Yeah. And I think we definitely needed, we needed a a pat on our own back with the whole boar situation. (laughs) Uh, Definitely why I refuse to attack and also why I, uh, I, I was I wanted it to be more revealing than I think it actually was, but the whole kind of praying to the woods and asking forgiveness essentially for the the killing of the elk and wanting to bring the spirit back and like have it be, you know, not just gone was huge for Craig's. Yeah, I appreciated that a lot. And I and it's another reason why I decided to burn the bones um afterwards cuz I after the fighting happened and I didn't do well and on top of the elk passing away, I, I was like, my druid probably wouldn't have fought this animal after thinking about it. But after going a few hours of introductions and then being like, this is your first combat. I was so excited. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> I, think we were I was very were. excited yeah. to jump in and do all my spells. <laughs> uh, that, that night, I, honestly, I, I think that the fact that, that Davin just got demolished took away any any like decision making we were gonna have yeah that was like that that moment just stopped us it was like oh never mind we need to protect our own and here we are it became kill or be killed pretty quick there yeah 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 it did and like going (laughs) off of what uh, ash said is uh you know in the podcast this was episode i believe three that we ended up fighting the great elk um but for us it was session one because we're doing two or three episodes at a time Right. So we all just introduced ourselves, basically just made these characters that we don't even really understand that much yet. In our first combat, I almost die, you know? So <laughs> in, in like seconds. Oh, yeah. hey, oh, they, yeah. you see these animals and for up oh, and Davin's And the natural 20. <laughs> and, and, and that stuff came from you guys failing stealth rolls, you know? Mm-hmm. So it yeah. was, they, they were alerted to your presence because they were highly alert. And then it was like, Oh, they're just going to charge you because they're protecting the herd. Like that's what these elks were there for. They were in defense mode. So, you know, my, my whole, my whole idea was if they see, if they sense a threat, the, the ones they're protecting will flee and they will rise up to try to, you know, give them time. And it played off. It played out exactly how I expected, except I, I expected, the great elk to be the thing that scared you guys, not just one of the normal ones. <laughs> That's just literally a monster <laughs> manual great elk. Like it's, it's not, you know, it was nothing. Uh, I mean, that's what a tank does. It just takes all the damage while the other ones try and dish it out. Right, right. I know it's hard for the DM to expect what the players are going to do, but did you think that we would not kill the elk? I was a little afraid you would try. Well, no, uh, honestly, I, <laughs> you're Were you gonna hate this. for us to kill the elk. <laughs> no, you're gonna hate this. You could have spoken to that elk and learned some things. Uh, <laughs> and there, there was a there was dash. a full All right, time to redo episode three. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a full non-combat option there. Uh, usually, I have one of those uh, a non-combat option. Not always, but but most of the time. Because I want you guys to have just agency. throw them out the door. Okay. I've got fireball. You're not going to need those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there there was a non combat option, and I tried to kind of hint at it at the end there with it kind of it giving kneels. itself to you. Yeah, yeah, that whole that crushed me. Yeah, crushed it was an intelligent me. creature. It was an intelligent creature uh, that could have been communicated with and and uh, would have you know 
would have had some sort of, you could have had some sort of encounter, I- engagement with it, uh, but the the sneaking up on it and startling the other elk kind of just made it where, okay, we're just, it's go time, you know, for You can them. for sure hear it in my voice when you listen back to that episode where that, just the, oh no, I knew, I knew at that moment, like this was all a huge mistake, but I, I had to stay true to Kriggs in that moment. Like he was on like this, this war path. Once he, once that switch is flipped, he can't really turn it off. Yeah. And, and, um, Davin at that point was essentially peeing stomach acid. There was no chance he was going to just let this thing <laughs> run away. Yeah. I felt yeah. super bad after all the combat was done. And I was just like, I could talk to it. It's fine. <laughs> I so knew part of me I knew I could have talked to it. Yeah. You guys hate me. That's uh, my job. Basically. Well, and I, I, I did, <laughs> I did kind of pour it on pretty heavy afterwards with all the <laughs> things that happened with the antlers and the bones making the, the fire burn different colors. And <laughs> I wanted you guys to realize this wasn't just like an animal, you know? Uh, oh, I felt it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you did. Yeah, I got messages. Shot. Joxer wants to go back and steal those antlers so he can take mm-hmm. some for his. You know. I got hate mail from Blaze after the after that <laughs> nice. night. I hate you. You're the worst. I'm disowning you. We are yeah. no longer related. You're gonna get more now. I would say Davin probably cared the least about uh, the fact that we killed this uh, magical elk. It was more for him. I mean, he re- he realized it was a bad thing that we did, and it seemed to upset everyone else more than him. And he he's not apathetic toward the situation, but for him, it's more about. There was more to the story than what this elk represented initially, and yeah. that's what kind of makes him curious. He's a very curious man. Yeah. Did well, what I about? Dis- Go ahead. Did Wayne. I dispel those antlers? I understand if you can't answer the question. <laughs> Did you dispel them? Yeah. Uh, the dispel magic on him, right? right I know there you tried. The chief's table. <clears throat> when I was angry, and he was looking at me very creepily. I don't want to tell you whether you did or not. Yeah, it was like a thirteen <laughs> or a fifteen. I don't know. I don't want to tell that'll, you. That'll that'll come up. Could be revealed in a future opportunity. I just didn't know. I, I do want to ask you guys. Telling me. <laughs> I do want to ask you guys, and and I know some of this. We've talked about it at length, but I want to know some of your guys' reaction to the Widow Tolliver section. Several oh sessions my later. Gosh. Um, that. I was. I'll just say real quick. I was very excited about that because for me, that was how I was introducing the fact that you each of your stories is going to be a part of what's happening here. So I, I prepared ahead of time, hey, I'm going to make this to where, you know, each of you have something going on here that I'm excited. And I'm really glad Davin ended up doing it because <laughs> he almost didn't. He, he yeah, really, I'm almost really didn't. glad he ended up doing it because it was a, uh, a great moment that again, it was basically this Okay, guys, we're introducing a little bit of your story to each of these for each of these characters here. So anyway, go I ahead. I will Blake. answer this. If you will tell me how much of your pants got pooped when I drew twice. <laughs> oh, I mean, I I wasn't that worried about it. I, I'd made up. I I literally improved that whole second time. I figured you had to, but it still was like so good. I was like, oh no, he was ready for me. I was ready for the first <laughs> one. I wasn't ready for the second one, but uh, I, I mean, I'm ready in the sense that I can see the future. 
<laughs> but I'm not ready in the sense that I, I had anything. Like I literally had what your cards looked like and everything prepared ahead of time. For sure. Uh, I didn't want to leave it up to, you know, real tarot pulls or something to try to make that make sense. I, I went narrative. I went the narrative option instead. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just, I loved every second of that whole scene. I think that was one of my proudest moments in the very beginning. Um, just getting to Tolliver's and it really felt like kind of a, uh, a moment where everything came together. I saw the culmination of everything we've been putting together just finally solidify into something awesome. Um, not to say I hadn't felt great about the show before then, but I was super invested from that point. Like just sold. It was great. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mikey. Yeah. So, so I, I have a question. How did, how did you feel about like probably the first and only bratty moment that Joxers really had going into that? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I felt like I, I, I wasn't expecting you to act that way necessarily. But yeah. and I'll be honest, and this may sound cheesy, but in those types of moments, especially a character like Tolliver, I'm think trying to think like she would. And she couldn't give two craps how you acted. You know, she was <laughs> just like she was like, all right, she, you know, I've been around too much mm-hmm. to let you bother me. So sit down and let's do this. You know, yeah, <laughs> Whatever. yeah. Uh, and, and 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 like for for Joxer going in there, he 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 had a pretty good idea. Okay, so this if this fortune teller is going to tell me anything, it's one of two things, and it's this thing. And then the moment I hear it, I don't want anybody to see it, but I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I could I sensed that too, and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I, I I I loved it. It was it was a great way to to pull us all in after, especially after uh, the first the first battle there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gwen, Ash. Um, I so th- like I said earlier, Tolliver was like a turning point for me because I was very. It made me realize that oh man, this podcast story is just it's gonna get so famous. I'm so excited. <laughs> Because I, I really like the mystery of it. Because in and the question that I asked Tolliver at that moment, I had no idea what to ask. But I also thought, what would Gwendolyn ask? You know, obviously she wouldn't ask anything about herself. She would ask about what's happening here in Wild Hill and the animals. And obviously Gwendolyn already knew the answer. But the part I liked most that I think is also in that episode was before they went to Tolliver's, um, where basically my mind is shown um, where I talk about Dale and his backstory, which I, at first I wasn't going to give Dale a backstory at all, but I was like, eh, he needs one. <laughs> if oh, I got one, he needs one. one. He's my oh, yeah. friend. Um, yeah. The next game I'm, play for you I'm going the, to be Dale. I'm going to be a character. <laughs> and <it's gonna> be- <laughs> I have a question for you then, Ash. It was, did you already have a backstory set up or did you come up with that in the moment? Oh, I had a backstory set up. I had told Blaze that I had a backstory because I was like, I, cause I, I'd be at work and sometimes there's like lulls in the middle of the day and I would just think about D and D. I thought about it constantly. I still do. And I was like, Dale needs a backstory. And so I gave him one. And then in the moment was how you actually see me in that moment and how my brain works because 
I ended up taking Dale's backstory and then mixing it up with when I was talking about my father and uh, it just shows how she tries to connect Dale and her father because she wants her father to like be back in her life and, you know, be a friend and Dale. We're going to find out Dale was her father all along. Yeah. That's what I'm expecting. (laughs) He's been wild shaped this whole time. (laughs) But like, um, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't know how, how much people would take that as, oh my God, this lady can't speak like a full sentence. (laughs) But that's, that's how my mind works. It's very scattered. And that's how I speak. And I feel like that's how Gwendolyn would have felt, especially being flustered with what's going on in Wild Hill. And very cool. I think going to Tolliver helped clear her mind a little bit. Sure. Got some confirmation what she was already thinking, really, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, Derek. All right, uh, Ash, I'm going to talk about uh, his moment for a minute. Uh, Ash is uh, amazing in the fact that she has not listened to that part of the podcast. She didn't want to know the secrets of Davin that that they were all left for. So she's about to, she's going to take her headphones off and leave yes. while we finish. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you a, a text whenever we're back. We're done with it. <laughs> okay. Bear B. <laughs> um, yeah. Davin definitely did not want to sit down in that chair because he had a pretty good idea that something was going to come up that he wanted to just completely ignore and leave. Uh, it, basically, it's just all denial for him. Uh, so when he did sit down in that chair and what did happen, that, that face that came up and then spoke to him, uh, he, uh, it wasn't necessarily surprised, but also was at the same time. I don't know. He was, he was, he was definitely had some mixed feelings about it because it's not something that he didn't expect, but he didn't want it to happen. And uh, that was the whole reason why he was denying the whole thing. It's not that he doesn't believe in that kind of stuff. It's that he just wants to pretend like it doesn't, it doesn't exist so that he can continue to be happy without that popping up in his life. I don't want to put words in Davin's mouth or thoughts in his head, but it it felt to me like when you know something is true and you're so scared to admit it, mm-hmm. and that, that was would have, pretty much it. that would have confirmed something that Davin didn't want confirmed, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the more you learn about his backstory, the more you're going to learn that um, what that has to do with it is something that he kind of almost spur of the moment chose, and then not expecting it to really affect his life, and it has really affected his life. And it's so far been all positive. Um, and now it's like he, he's always kind of had this thing in the back of his mind that um, something negative is going to come from this. And and I think that was the moment he knew it was going to happen. And then it was pretty much confirmed that something's going to come back and haunt him. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good Did stuff. Did you say Candyman a couple of times in the mirror? Or? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not quite. No. And then Blaze with the quality production value on that uh, section there. Yeah, he, it was great. He killed it. He killed yeah. it. Making my voice sound way cooler than it is, but uh, yeah, I I like I liked the way it went down with Davin because uh, you you drew extra cards too, didn't you? Uh, it was um, how did that work? It was uh, he you he returned the, two cards. Yeah, it was That's the right. cards didn't read anything for her, so she made him draw two more cards. That's right, and they wouldn't read either. Yeah, and uh, and that's the whole idea. It was your yeah, it's there's something intertwined there that's not letting her get a reading and uh, she was she was having having trouble and it wasn't her fault it was yours so that it's was awesome only partly davin's fault <laughs> yeah true true uh no that was awesome cool well um i'll tell you what you know uh, i've had fun 
I look forward to this uh, campaign every uh, every week. Whenever we're going to do it in our off weeks, I'm I'm you know bummed that well, we're not recording that week. But uh, uh, it's been cool getting this far through this adventure with you guys, and uh, you know we're moving into some more interesting stuff. I think the ball's really rolling on some of the story of Wild Hill, and I'm excited to see where you guys where you guys end up. Uh, anybody have any other questions for anyone else or any thoughts about anything you want to share before we wrap up this little uh, powwow session? Just a thank you to all of you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, I'm really, really glad this is uh, a thing. Glad we're able to do this. Aw, same. I got to yeah. say, if if there's a electromagnetic pulse and we couldn't make podcasts anymore, I'd still want to play Dungeons and Dragons with you guys. So Yeah, likewise. Um, on, on that note too, I'd like to take a large, huge shout out to, uh, Blaze for putting a lot more time than is, uh, than all of us are for yeah. this production. Yes. For sure. He's committed a lot of his time to this. Much Absolutely. Yeah. The production and everything is always real good. And, uh, I'm getting better at muting when I have to like cough or sniff or something. So hopefully that <laughs> helps. Try to help out a little That's bit. appreciated. <laughs> I will say I'm a little bit, I will say I'm a little bit mad at all of you guys because nobody tuned into my uh live sandwich eating stream on Christmas. Oh, oh my gosh. I was, was there. I was just creeping. Did, did you actually do it? Did you? <laughs> no, no, no. I had family uh, in town. I literally was going to do it if I didn't have family. No way. In town. That's, That's funny. disappointing. Yeah. Man, if Maybe I had known Christmas. that was happening. <laughs> if you if you did it and I'd have known, I'd have been there. Yeah. The bells yeah. It, you just gotta post it, it you know, in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Well, I've watched it, Gwen a couple times. Sure. <laughs> what was uh, I've watched Ash's stream a couple times. What What were you supposed to do for your uh, sandwich? Sorry. Oh, I believe it was a macaroni and cheese sandwich. That's right. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was the plan. Well, I was going to do just like craft macaroni and cheese between two slices of bread. And then I was going to make like a gourmet style mac and cheese sandwich, like something actually good and delicious. Um, so maybe I'll <laughs> plan that in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, so listeners, this is a nice little uh, little clue into when we do a six-hour session, this is what four of those hours is like. Yep. <laughs> and the other two is actual stuff you hear in, a, in the podcast. <laughs> and that is why Blaze has to work so hard. Yes. Yep. Someday yeah. we'll have a Patreon where we'll post the rest of that stuff for those crazy sure, people who want to listen to it. Yeah, those people who want to hear us just talk about macaroni and cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like mac and cheese. It was delicious. But anyway, uh, yeah. Thank you, Blaze. Thank you, uh, Derek and and Ash and Mikey uh, for playing Dungeons and Dragons with me so I can be a 37-year-old geek. Uh, and uh, thank you for everybody who listens. Uh, I'll do this part for you, Blaze. You don't have to do it. You can follow us on Twitter at The Hired Swords. The website's thehiredswords.com. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast and how much you love Wolverjacks and uh, fortune tellers and all that fun stuff and great mighty elks and uh leave a review if you love us a lot and we're like you just really enjoy listening and you want other people to find us leaving a review on apple podcasts or whatever the podcast app of your choice is uh, that will allow reviews leave that review because it helps other people find us so uh, thank you so much and we will uh, get back to the adventure in the next uh, the next i guess wednesday after you hear this so see you later everybody Thanks, guys.